Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This will be someone's year. It's definitely not going to be uh, JT and myself, but our guest very much could be, and we'll get to him uh, very shortly. It is the SC Report. It is round six. We've got plenty to discuss. It's not Logie Wenin's here taking over. JT's very happy with that because he doesn't have to host for a night. Justin, back from Dolby. How are you going? Yeah, hi, mate. I'm on, uh, yeah, I'm off the leash. <laughs> Unscripted. Uncensored. But how are you, you here, mate? Isn't you're always unscripted. <laughs> Isn't maps on right now, mate? What's doing? Well, um, the the way to, the trick to watching that show is to watch it about an hour delayed, so you get to skip through all the ads, mate. So um, you're kind of doing me a little bit of a favour here, or just not watch it at all. But anyway, <laughs> well, that would just be inappropriate, Justin. Anyway, let's move along. We've got lots to um, get onto in uh, this week's SC report. And we did at the start of the show say we've got a very special guest. And this week we're joined by Alex Christie, who's been absolutely smashing it so far in Supercoach. I'll let him uh, talk about where he's sitting at the moment, where he's ranked, and we're going to spend a little bit of time um, running through a bit of his strategy and what's been happening this season. So pretty excited to have him on. Alex, how are you going? Thank you very much for being on board. Ah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Happy to talk super coach. I'm ready to get into it. Well, you don't sound very excited, mate, but I hope those spirits uh, lift up by the end. <laughs> the beers haven't kicked in yet. Uh, excellent. <laughs> what are you drinking tonight? Uh, on the Northerns. On yeah. the Northerns? <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can feel JT's erection from here. <laughs> That's a bit weird. He can yeah, stay it around. Like we're not that far from each other, so that might go dangerous. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we've already started with uh, dick jokes. Fantastic. Let's move along. So let's um, start. Uh, before we start the podcast, let's just do a bit of a reminder. If you if you do enjoy dick jokes, um, there will also be some cheap hooker jokes coming up as well. Um, subscribe, um, uh, get them coming, or the podcast comes straight into uh, your feed wherever you download and stream them and all that good stuff. Also, leave us a review if you don't like the dick jokes. Obviously, please just leave a review and say you like them left out for next time. Uh, that helps us um, and all that good stuff. Okay, so what's on the pod tonight, JT? I'm going to get cracking on this. We've got a people's team update. We've obviously got Alex on board as well. Going to do a big rundown of all the trades, plenty of um, hot topics that we're going to, to be covering, and then we'll finish up with our captain and, uh, and trades for the week. A um, little bit of an intro into the people's team, JT. I'll let you take that one away, mate. How's that going? This is your baby, mate. I don't want to steal your your thunder there, but basically we've had it on every week, so we're talking about the SC Talk uh, site, the people's team. So I don't actually know 
how it's going now. I hope you do, mate. You've managed to make I all do. the trades. Yes, I do. It was a bit of a bit of a bit of a disappointing week, to be honest. I think it was the, in the low thousands. Um, so we fell back to um, around about seven thousandth overall. No, David Fafita is a um, really hurt. Um, but um, yeah, we're going to make some trades this week to bring in. We brought in. Uh, Brian Todd last week, which um, obviously is going to be quite helpful, hopefully, um, tomorrow night, uh, as I'm sure we're going to talk through throughout the podcast. Um, but, yeah, we've got some trades. The uh, the latest um, article is up on the site. Go in there, comment what trades you want, and we will make them. And then tomorrow for Lakers captains also, we'll, we'll have a poll running for that. We get to select the vice captain and the captain. Hopefully, we can creep back up to that top 5,000 or so. Okay. Let's move on to the main part of the podcast now, introducing um, Alex, of course. So, rumour has it, mate, that you're ranked second overall. Uh, what's happened? You were first, so you're already starting to choke. Yeah, no, I've, dro- I've dropped the ball now. I might as well just give it up for the year. Uh, no, I've started off pretty well in the season. I came in after round one and uh, I think I was 22nd ranked. Um, so, that, that's the lowest ranking I've been so far. And then... 21st week after and now floating between first and second there's still a bit of a healthy gap between um myself and third place so i'm not too stressed after losing the first overall now i've been very lucky um just made the right captain calls didn't get any big injuries um didn't get many uh, i didn't have tino from the start so missed a lot of his low 20 and 30s now i've just been really lucky to start the season and hoping it continues from here and so how long have you been playing the game mate and how'd you get into it <laughs> yeah, last year was my first year actually playing. Huge. Um, yeah, finished about 560th. Uh, yeah, my my Jesus. dad's been playing it for Unreal. years. Uh, he's been playing, I think, since 2013 or 14. Um, he's always wanted me to get into it, but you know, throughout high school, I wasn't really that interested. And it was only until recently that I thought I'd take it up. And one of his good mates, um, you guys might know him as Banyo Boy. We call him Sam, and uh, he won it in 2017. Legend. So yeah, we're part of. Uh, we talked to him quite a bit, and Dad, Dad and he uh, worked with each other. They worked each other with for years. Um, so yeah, it was kind of an incentive to get into it and you know, play with him and all his mates. How does your dad feel about all this? So he's got Rolfie there, who's won the comp. You were winning the comp, and now you're second. Um, what's the best he's ever done? I think he's finished our uh, top three hundred before. I couldn't tell you exactly what it was, but uh, he, he's more head to head nowadays. He's um, I'm not sure he's uh, <laughs> that invested in overall. Was it also a situation when you were beating him at like contact sports when you were 11 or something as well? Yeah, <laughs> yeah something along those lines. So what's, what's your favourite team, mate? You're a Brizzy boy. Surely the Broncos are your side? Uh, I, I was born in a household where it was, if you like the Broncos, you had to move out. So dad's from well, down okay. south, so uh, we're Dragons fans. We'll see you later. <laughs> uh, we're St. George uh, in our household. Uh, well, it's basically the second Broncos team now anyway. Yeah, essentially. Oh, the only one I can uh, really truly support is Ben Hunt because uh, I still support the Maroons, so he's got to be my favourite. Josh Maguire? <laughs> Moose? No, I, he, he could be our captain and I still wouldn't really like him. Who's <laughs> that eye-gouging captain? Um, so what did you... Uh, you said that last year was your first go at it, amazingly finished within the top 1,000, just incredible i don't think i've ever done that been playing this for over a decade but i'm just shit um so what did you what were your key takeaways and what did you learn last season um pretty interested to to know that um i'm a big fan of security i I like players with a solid base especially instead of wings 
And that's why I was happy to start the season with Blake Ferguson, even with him having a down a year last year, because uh, either way, he'll finish with a 35-40 in base. Um, that's why I didn't really want to start the season with Fafida, and I didn't. Um, I brought him in uh, after the first round because I, I don't like you know players that can get below a 40, especially if they're a forward for me. Um, so I'm quite upset with Junior Paul on the weekend getting 37 against my boys. But yeah, I, I just wanted security. I didn't like um, the potential to get low scores across the park. Uh, and I think that's worked out for me so far. I mean, that's that's incredible kind of insight from a guy that's been playing the game for just a little bit over 12 months. I mean, it's certainly more than what JT and I have spoken about on this podcast before. I mean, we started tonight with the Nerection jokes. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's all, uh, well, it generally goes downhill after the intro, but I think we're going to have a couple of um, bit of talent on the pod tonight. It's great. Um, so what have you done right so far in 2021, mate? You, you, I think... Um, you've already just said you started with Fergo. I was 200 bucks short of starting with him, so that was a bit of a kicker. But um, what are some of the other players that you've you've have really helped you in some crucial calls or, or pods? Yeah, so started the season with um, Jaden Braley as well. He's not on my side anymore because I um, flicked him for Cody Walker when they were coming up against the Dogs and Broncos. Didn't work out in my favour really, but um, his first three games definitely set me apart. Um, then having my starting second rowers uh, after round one is Fafida, um, Gus and Barnett. That as well really pushed me up the rankings. And then, like I said before, getting the captain choice right. First two rounds are Teddy's captain and then Pappy's big scores uh, as captain as well. Um, definitely helped push me up. Yeah, okay. And so what's your um, what's your strategy for the rest of the season? And maybe I think we've had a bit of a quick fire of those questions so far that were, you've answered well. But maybe we'll spend a little bit of time on this because um, are you kind of going straight after points or are you um, you're saving trades? Are you looking to, to generate cash? What I mean, obviously you don't need to, to let too much out, but what is, what's kind of your general um, focus and strategy at the moment? Well, I've been saying to myself to, that I don't want to chase points, but when I'm up the rankings and everyone else has a Luai, Monster, a Walker, like at the moment on my team, I don't have a gun 5 eighth because I know I need to start saving trades. Uh, I need to start looking to just set my team for a bit. I know I'm, I run the risk of falling behind, especially with the runs that those guys have and the points that they can get. Um, so I probably will look to move in a gun 5-8. And once I've got that, uh, I've, I've, my team is great across the park. So I think at that point I'll look to save it for uh, tra- like saving trades for injuries and suspensions and then getting ready for um, origin and buys. Yeah, I mean, that's the buys are an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I even kind of forgot that they were a thing. We didn't have Origin there last year, and and um, whereas previously that was like one of the biggest things that you were you were really um, planning for. But um, yeah, they're, they're back in vogue now, so we need to start um, thinking about then. Um, and then, so anything else? I guess that from a strategy perspective, or kind of what you're you're looking at. I mean, maybe what would be good is like kind of how do you get how do you do your research? Are you watching every game? Are you um, I th- I'm finding that the Fox Sports minis are fantastic at the moment. Um, are you uh, listening to heaps of podcasts, reading heaps of articles? Like, what are you trying to do to stay stay on top of everything? Yeah, I pretty much am just trying to do everything I can, collecting every bit of information I can. When it comes to the analytics of it all, I, I, I kind of that that does interest me quite a bit. Like understanding all the statistics and seeing what players score the best when they're doing certain things. Uh, that that's just catching my interest. Uh, so it's definitely 
helped me get this far. I, I am trying to watch every single game, um, just when I'm not working. But no, definitely the Fox Wars minis do help. I have gone onto them recently. But no, I think as well the eye test um, when watching games and, and knowing certain players. Like if you're watching Brian Tyler play, you see him involved pretty much in every single set. And that's something I picked up at the end of last year. Uh, I did start with Brian Kelly over him, but as soon as Brian Kelly injured, I was my first player in and I've reaped the rewards from it so far. But I'm just pretty much getting every bit of information I can and then um, comparing it to others, not just getting it from one source definitely helps. This is like when uh, Wilfred and my love child went in, don't you reckon? He's got the analytical, he's got the technical analysis, all that sort of stuff, watches every game, but he drinks Northerns and hates the Broncos. Like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be put on 1.5 speed. <laughs> no. There we go, I nice little mix. That. I like this guy. Oh, I think if there was an erection call, Wilfred probably would have jumped off the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can stay around for those. So, so you, uh, history as a league man, mate, did you play a, a fair amount of league kind of growing up or, or have you just really loved the game and you've, you've always watched it? I uh, always watched it because uh, it was all around my house. I was my dad's main sport, so it was always on. Uh, played league only as a junior, but I, I mainly played just a variety of sports. So I pretty much played every sport there is. Uh, but, yeah, league was always the main one that I watched. Um, never really watched many other professional sports in Australia. But yeah, league, league's always been around. And then especially since finishing high school and you know growing up a little bit, I, I got more into it. And Supercoach definitely, definitely helps. Um, just even, it makes every game entertaining, which you never normally find unless you're playing it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it does. I mean, I'll, I think for everybody that's played it, it seems to be a pretty consistent call to say that they, they watch more games now because of Supercoach, which is um, it's a fantastic thing. All right, mate. Thanks for thanks for everything. I guess let's get stuck into the main part of the podcast. Um, we're going to spend the next uh, thirty minutes or so discussing trades and love your input throughout that. JT, the first thing that we're going to talk about is around rage trades. So um, plenty of underperformers last week or the week before. Um, the names that I'm seeing here, I've got many of those players uh, in my side, so um, I'm quite frustrated looking to move them out. Let's start with. Um, with Roberts, hey, what are you? Uh, what are your thoughts there? Oh, that was such a bad effort on the weekend, wasn't it? Like we've held him around for these sort of games. We think he's the jet. He's got a history in this game. And Jimmy all that no sort of jet, thing. mate. Exactly, and he was he like in a side that scored thirty points. He scored like fifteen in Supercoach. It was unbelievable. It was such a such a bad effort. So he's been absolutely in the firing line. The only problem is he's two hundred and fifty odd case. He's lost cash. Um, it's just a horrible scenario to be in. Um, so the the only reason I'm holding him is the fact that he's so low in value really and he's playing the buy well playing in inverted commas because you just don't know if he's even going to last with form it's a he's a terrible guy to have um alex you sound like you have a pretty well shorn up center wing do you have this guy in your side uh thank god no uh, no i didn't he, he was one that i was kind of floating with in the preseason, but i didn't end up pulling the trigger um yeah no it's definitely Definitely help not having him around. Uh, but in regards to trading him, yeah, that's the thing. He's so low in value. He's not really going to lose much more money. Mm. So it's one that um, it's definitely understandable trading out, but you're not really losing much from keeping him. So I'd assume there'd be bigger problems. Like if you've got a Ricky um, in your team, he's going to be on the bench. He's going to be losing more money. So I'd say he's more of a trade out than someone like James Roberts. And particularly, we've got another guy on this list as well, Tezzy New. Um, so he is out of the side completely, which is a bit of a shock, as we said last night on the pod there. The fact that he's been scapegoated, he's, I think, uh, about 100-odd K 
more expensive than Roberts. So immediately there, um, you're able to flip him up to someone more valuable. So I think a lot of people wanted to get rid of Jimmy, the Jet, but he's just, by virtue of being so shit, sticking around in our site. When and you got him? Yeah, mate, I've got him, and I've got to hold on to him just for all the reasons that you've you've um, you've put there. I don't have too much to really add to it, to be honest. But uh, should we move along straight to Tessie? You, you just spoke to him, so we might as well cover off our centre wings that we've got on the list together. Um, Alex, uh, do you own him? Yeah, I do have Tessie New, and I did really like him as a super coach player. Um, even with him being on the Broncos, because he was one of those players that could create attack for himself and he did prove that as well he'd get 35 40 in base and maybe the odd line breaker here because he didn't need a playmaker to really set him up and help him uh create any attacking opportunities uh because he's not playing i'm not really that stressed having him in the pine because he's not going to be losing any money he's already made a decent amount i wouldn't be surprised to see him back in the team the next few weeks once they see how great kenner and arthur's go yeah i wouldn't be surprised to see him back i'm just Pretty flabbergasted, really, that he's out of the side. Um, as a Broncos fan, I guess, you know, they, they made some big calls last week saying there's going to be huge changes and the two scapegoats of Milford, uh, that's understandable. But then Tessie knew, I just don't don't really get it. And then you look at their current centre combination and that's just a horror show. So I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Um, I'm going to be selling personally just because he's my ticket to Brian Todd this week. Um if, if I had somebody else um, and I just need the cash, basically. so, But um, we'll just see how we go. I might, might end up selling um, Roberts ahead of him, but um, that cash will be pretty valuable next week as well because we've got another a trade plan for, for Brian Kelly. So uh, maximizing the cash and getting rid of um, Tessie New. Um, probably not going to lose out on too much, I don't think. What about you, JT? Um, yeah, um, here's my ticket to Brian Kelly this week. So he's um, not quite valuable enough that I can go to To'o. So unfortunately, go on the cheaper option there. But um, yeah, a little sad to see him go because he was doing pretty well. As um, Alex was saying, he, he gets work done out there. He's just not getting enough ball. And I thought that was the main problem, not his defense or anything like that. So anyway, he was a more reliable center wing than some of the other clowns I've got, like Saab and Simo and Roberts. So sad to see him go, but I think he just has to. Uh, it's just horrific <laughs> at the center wing this year. Um, speaking of the center wing, one guy that I've added late to the, the run sheet, sorry, JT, to catch you off guard here, but I think he's worth talking about, and that's um, Capewell from the Panthers. Um, obviously, dual position, second row forward as well, but um, he's on the chopping block for me this week. He's um, one of probably about uh, two or three guys that I'm going to be looking to move on to make the cash to generate to get Brian Toll into my side. Uh, I mean, my, my main thoughts with it are that if he's playing a uh, pretty poor side and, and it's pretty improving this year, he's not playing the full minutes. I think the only two games this year he's played over 70 minutes have been against the Storm and the Raiders. Outside of that, he's been playing 50 minutes or so. And um, his PPM is just pretty poor on the edge. And uh, without the attacking stats, he's going to be scoring 30 to 40. So he's uh, potentially peaked in value now. I think break-even's around about 90-odd, I think. Um so he's a, definitely an option as a trade-out for me this week, despite having a pretty favourable matchup against the Broncos. What's your thoughts on um, on Capewell, Alex? Would you be looking to move him on, or is he um, somebody you want to keep around in your centre wing? Uh, I think he is one of the more keepers in the centre wing position. I can't really argue with people who are thinking of trading him out because he doesn't bring a lot of high-class value to the team. So if you can afford to bring in a Brian To'o or someone like that for him, definitely um, make that trade. But... For myself, I'm going to be keeping him. At the moment, I'm up, I have him up in my second row. Can't really find a way to get him to my center wing just yet, but I'm not 
that stressed about it. Uh, yeah, he's still getting minimum 40s. While it's not fantastic, it's what I'd expect from like a him or Fergo. I've got them on like basically the same tier uh, because if Capewell's not scoring tries, he is getting around that 40 mark. And if he's in my center wing, that's what I want. I've, again, that's that security there. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've actually got him in my um, center wing as as well, which is is quite frustrating. So I'm looking at maybe moving him on to uh, a condon this week uh, potentially. Um, and the other guy that I'm looking at uh, as well, uh, and we haven't got it on who we're looking to trade in at the moment, but is Matthew Lodge. So he's got scores of 41 and 54 uh, in his return back from that hamstring injury. Still priced around about 300k with break even of 17 ish. So. Um, if I can make almost two hundred grand of trading Capewell to Lodge, I think that's that seems to be a relatively good trade. What are, what are your thoughts, JT? It's interesting because Lodge came out um, in a presser and said he reckons the Broncos are more talented than Penrith, their opponents this week. But um, that he backed up was it Alex Glenn who came out and said people should start getting dropped, including him if he needs to. So I don't know that you can really trust the Bronco in this twenty twenty one day and age, mate. They just okay. Can you trust a cowboy, mate? You can, Ben Condon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeehaw. Can you really, though? We're in the winner's circle. I'm not going back now. But no, I mean, it's a fair, fair call because a few people were talking about Lodge at the start of the year. Um, he had a bit of a uh, mishap there, but he's back. So still got the starting spot, and that was the big question mark. So interesting. Quick minutes as well, 50 and 46 hmm. over the past two weeks. Just back on Capewell, and it's a question I wanted to ask you guys. So last week I was tossing up between him and Tyron Peachy. Peachy had a bit of a shit week the week before, and I ended up going Peach. But it's amazing. Like, would you sit there now and say that you'd rather have Peachy in your side than Capewell, or is Peachy still too um, exotic a player? Alex, what do you reckon, um, Peachy or Capewell as of now? Uh, I think previously Peachy, but with the runs coming up, Panthers only play like one or two top eight teams out of the next 10 or something crazy like that. So there's more potential for attacking stats for Capewell, yep. uh, whereas their base is probably about the same. So personally, I'd say Capewell, but Again, it's one of those, it's a win-win if you have the choice of the either. Hmm. I mean, I'd probably say that the higher upside is with Peachy, as like we've seen in a couple of these games this year, albeit the Cape has got the Broncos, then he's got Newcastle have been um, severely underperforming this year, then Manly, uh, and then the Sharks in round nine. Who knows what's going to happen with them now, given that Morris is gone, before two really tough games against the Titans and the Panthers before um, the first buy round, and, and it's important to note as well that um, he's probably going to be origin bound mm. as well. So um, you need to ship him out. So if I do hold him, I'll be looking to probably trade him before that Titans game. Um, so get a couple of nice, easy games in there um, and then try and ship him off to, to a center wing that's going to cover that um, that round 12, I think, is probably the, the, the smarter play. Um, okay, let's move along to, um, I don't know why he's on the list really, but he is Teddy. Well, we hmm. talk surely we're holding Teddy. He's been on the Alex. list every week. <laughs> what are you doing, mate? Are you, it's it's back. We're back to back seventies, and people are freaking out and want to sell it. Yep. Uh yeah. Look, I can. I, that's one of the things I can't really bring myself to trade Teddy. It was one idea that I thought about and kind of played around with, but I just can't bring myself to do it because he's one of those guys that can drop a hundred on anyone. He could drop one hundred and twenty against Melbourne this week. Who knows? Um. He and Sam Walker were looking a bit better towards the end of that game last week, so I think they're getting more familiar with each other on the field, uh, and that's going to be dangerous because Sam Walker is an incredible playmaker. He, he's definitely up there on Kiri's um, level, or sorry, will be up there on Kiri's level pretty soon, I reckon. I can't find a, a reason as to why people 
would want to get rid of him that quickly other than maybe the the money well i think you've missed the boat i think the time to do it would have been um to uh latrell last week um so what they played the bulldogs and then the broncos um that was the opportune time to do it teddy's lost 200 100k over that period whereas um latrell's produced a hundred plus score um, and then another solid one as well. So I wouldn't be doing it now. I think you've kind of missed the boat and it's important to point out as well, the Roosters play the Dragons, Knights, Eels, Cowboys and the Broncos ahead. So you're going to want him for those games. Um, even the Eels is a very winnable game or a good scoring game potentially for Teddy as well. And I do like the fact that Lindsay Collins is back in the side now as well. I think that that should help them particularly up the middle. I think that's what killed... Um, Tedesco last week, I think the Sharks are pretty good there. I don't think it was so much about having Kiri out of the side. There was that much of an impact. But, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly be holding him now. What's your thoughts, JT? Yeah, I definitely agree with you, mate. I think last week was the week to do it. But I, I don't like that whole strategy of trying to sell big. I just think you don't bother looking to break evens with guys like Teddy. Um, 150 is really nothing to him based on what we've seen before. So if you start looking at those and trying to get in players and chase last week's points, we've seen it time and time again. It just goes awry. Like, Alex, I don't know if you noticed last year, all those players, those on-the-bubble players, you get like your Brett Morris's that go skyrocketing. There's Gareth Widdett one year. Um, everyone tries to, you know, sort of sell high and um, bank some cash. Is that something that you implemented last year? Did you look at um, selling a, a gun who might be falling in price? Yeah, I definitely would have finished high in the rankings last year, but I made the rookie mistake of selling Teddy when he was out for like just one game. Because yep. uh, oh, I, I just couldn't, uh, it didn't feel right having 800 grand sitting on the pine. And then after I made that trade, I couldn't bring him back the week after. And that was the week he dropped like 199 or something like that. So, yeah, if I had that or even him a captain, I, who knows, I might have finished in top 100 or something like that. So I've definitely learned from that mistake. Um, I don't know if it's a case of not selling a keeper. It's just you need to have a way to bring them back in. So in that, uh, like an example, I did sell Cleary when he was out for that game a couple of weeks ago for Ben Hunt because Ben Hunt would make money. I was planning on keeping Hunt for two games and then Flicking, uh, flipping him back to Cleary. Unfortunately, Hunt did get injured. Still managed 40, so he made about 50 grand and I still got Cleary in next week. So did miss out on any Cleary points. Still made a bit of money. I did have to waste two trades for it though. Mm. Again, pretty lucky because he broke his leg, right? So that could have been, you know, nothing. So 40 points is great. I think the the one thing just before we move on to the next player is, is not so much a money thing, but it's it's a points driven thing as well. So if you've got particularly in that that uh, fullback position where you've got um, you've got Ponga that's just hitting it now, you've got Turbo that's back, you've got Latrell, you've got Gutho. If if any, and I haven't looked at the draw close enough for those players, but if any of them have got like the Bulldogs, Broncos, Manly three weeks in a row, I'd be relatively tempted to trade um, a Teddy or a Pappy. Um, just for the three weeks to try and get the points, and yeah, you might make some cash, but just trying to to, um, to to try and generate as many points as you can throughout the season in that fullback position. I don't think it's a bad strategy, but yeah, it all depends on how many trades you've burned elsewhere. I think. Um, next player we're going to talk about, I think this is pretty clear cut sell for all of us. But um, to Ricky at the Broncos, is anyone disputing that he's uh, one of the main trade out targets this week? No, agreed. No, definitely agree. He's um, made his money, and that's what he was in everyone's team to do. He was never going to be a keeper, and now his B is going to be way higher than he'll score this week. So, yeah, definitely a sell. Excellent. Mitch Barnett. So um, he's obviously started the season fantastically, uh, had the goal kicking for majority of the games where Pong was out. We know there was the game that he had the crook leg. 
uh, and lost it to Hoy. Uh, Ponga back, taking over the goal kicking. That fairy tale of Bennett uh, with Barnett retaining it um, with Ponga coming back has not um, come to fruition. So big question to ask now, do we consider him to be a keeper in the second row or do we think that he's probably going to be a 50 to 60 plotter? Um, now, I'm probably more in the category that he's going to be a 50 to 60 guy. Um, and that's why I'm kind of leaning towards selling him actually this week. The Knights draw ahead is really challenging. Um, and I think that it's going to be a bit of a struggle for them over the next month. And I can see Barnett, whilst he might jag one or two attacking stats, I can see his value starting to decline pretty severely. So I'll probably be looking to move him on this week for like a Condon or even a Lodge um, with the money generated from that to be able to go uh, to bring Toho in. So Alex, what are your thoughts on Barnett? Um, A, do you own him? Um, And B, regardless of whether you own him or if you don't, um, would you be looking to move him on? Yeah, I do. And I um, thankfully started with him. So I got all these big scores, um, even up to now. Yeah, it's a trick because the, the run over the next, uh, after this week against the Sharks, I've got Penrith, Sydney, uh, Canberra, which are just three incredibly, incredibly tough games for him. And yeah, I can't see him really getting any attacking stats in those three games, uh, unless maybe he's moved to 5 8 due to injury or something like that. Yeah, if he's averaging 55 to 60 over those. Um, three games or, or even here on out, I don't see him as being a keeper in the second row. Uh, I think the tough thing is whether you bring in another second row that you consider a pot or a keeper for the rest of the season or if potentially you bring in uh, like a Ferguson, uh, Brian Kelly, a Gagai, someone like that in the second row for him uh, and maybe move Capewell up to second row or if you have another second row to play to, uh, put in there, uh, that's a decision I'll have to make pretty soon. I don't see myself keeping him for too much longer, but he'll be in my team this week. Just a bit of a like a um, a different way to look at it potentially, and having a look at his upcoming draw, um, it's pretty difficult in round nine. But then round ten, you've got the Tigers, Cowboys, and then the bye round he plays Manly. Um, also covers round sixteen with the game against the Cowboys. So there's a potential option here, and I know this is almost like um, something that's unthinkable and what we normally wouldn't do. But selling him this week at his high value at six hundred, see that price dwindled down and then trading him back in round 11, um, getting him at hopefully a discount like under 500k um, and then holding him up into to round 17 and again trading him out because he's going to take the goal kicking with Ponga playing Origin over the two buy rounds, uh, has got some pretty easy weeks there as well. So it's potentially a bit of a, a, a money ball kind of um, look at it there. What are your thoughts with that one, Alex? No, I definitely like it, and I can see myself um, 100% doing that because it was always in the back of my mind that Barnett will probably be a sell next week. That's why me always saying that I need to save trades. Uh, I just can't see him bringing any value to the team that someone 200 or 100K cheaper, uh, they'll probably bring the same amount of value to the team. So, yeah, no, that's definitely planned. And, and once they start playing the Tigers, Cowboys, Manly, and so on from round uh, 10, if he's... You know, proven that he he has proven that he can get attacking stats, and especially when Pong is out, he'll be goal kicking. He's definitely someone to have on your side around that time. So if you can make that, if you can sell him for six hundred k roughly and bring him back for around five hundred k, that's definitely definitely worth it. And something that most people should look into. Yep. 
All right, well, maybe I do know a thing or two. That's good. JT, what about you? I'm pretty ambivalent to selling him or holding him. I don't ambivalent? Think That's a big word for the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Um, I haven't had a Northern tonight. So. The whole time out at Dolby, mate? Mm, it was. <laughs> um, no, I mean, for me, I, anyway, I'm holding him because I think he can bang out a decent enough score. Probably high 60s would be about uh, the max, I reckon, for him, which isn't, you know, um, anything to sneeze at. But, you know, I've got other problems elsewhere. So keeping a guy like Barnett around, um, I know you're selling him probably at the highest value he's going to get. So there's theory to it and I get that. And bringing him back in is, is you know, also in theory a pretty good move. But for me, I've got problems elsewhere. So he can stay, going to play him. Hopefully he gets across for a trial too. I've got plenty of problems, but I need to generate some cash. And I've got some duds in the center wing that unfortunately aren't doing it. So... Um, I guess um, Barnett's my ticket to some um, some money, so I'd be looking to probably move him out this week. All right, um, final player that we're going to talk about before we're going to take a very quick break and then move on to the rest of the trade analysis. And before we do take that break, I'll just cover, just outline what we're going to cover. Um, Liddell, so someone that I haven't owned. I don't know if either of you boys started with him, but he's obviously lost the starting role to Simpkin this week. Um, Alex, I'll start with you. Um, is he a trade-out this week or does someone you just keep on the pine and just wait to see what happens with the, the hooking combination? Uh, I've got him in the team. I'm, it's definitely worth holding uh, because who knows what's going to happen with um, Simpkins in the hook role now. He Not worth bringing someone in if they haven't played a game yet. Uh, I was lucky to start with Sam Walker, so it's not really the same thing for me. But yeah, Little's still got a BE of about nine. So if Simpkin goes out uh, and you need to get Little back in, he's, he's still going to make another 50 minimum grand. So it's definitely something I'll keep until Simpkin's third game. And then I'll look to trade that out because either way, I'll, I'll make money from either Little playing or the trade will make me 200 grand plus the money Simpkins will make. Yeah, I think that's a very smart way to play it. JT, what about you? No, I agree. Uh, the only thing would be if um, on the off chance that Moses Embiid moves in to cover Roberts at centre um, and then Little comes in off the bench and, you know, 20 minutes and scores 20 points, he's not going to make um, a hell of a lot of cash. But obviously for this week, you can keep him around with that BE, but hopefully teamless kind. So I think that's all the rage trade, guys, that we were going to talk about. Um Let's just have a very quick break now and then we'll be back. But um, when we are back, we're going to um, quickly discuss whether it's we need to break our teams for the likes of Feeder and Amoris. Um, there's going to be a couple of cheapies on the bubbles. We're going to track uh, talk about them as well. Um, also have a quick little discussion about the Titans. Are they the real deal? And then we'll finish up with who we're trading and capping this week. So plenty to come and we'll see you in two seconds. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com.
Okay, so the the next part of the podcast that we're going to break down is uh, should we break out teams for Fafita and Morris who have both been going absolutely gangbusters this week? Um, Alex, I think that you just said that, uh, I know you did start with Dave Fafita, but you have recently uh, brought him into your side. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Um, He was one of the ones I wasn't 100% sure about. He was definitely a matchup player for me. Uh, And in second and third round, he was playing the Broncos and Cowboys. So I really wanted him... For those two games, and I was lucky to start with Maddo. Um, and yeah, once Maddo got that concussion, I, I flicked him for Fafita. And uh, yeah, no, it's worked out for me so far. Once he got that 60 in the first game against New Zealand, I kind of thought maybe he's, maybe he's um, kicked it up a gear this year and he might, that might be his bottom. And, and so far, he's kind of proven that even against Canberra when the team scored four points, he still managed to get 88 and a really nothing attack side. So uh, I'm very happy with him so far. And it's definitely worth getting into your team. Um, especially that they do have quite a good run out of their next you know, six or seven games. They only really play two tough teams, Penrith and South, but the rest are against the likes of Manly, Broncos, Tigers, Bulldogs. And in those games, you can easily turn up or get another double. JT, what are your thoughts? If you um, didn't own him now, would you be doing whatever you can to get him in? Oh, it's, it's hard to now, I think. I just don't have the, the ability to generate enough cash. So I'm just going to... Oh, you don't own him? I'm just, ah, no, dagger. no. Ah. Going to be ah. sitting on Death Ride, Death Ride City, mate. Um, I've got a few players on that list. Got the local- pretty rosy and green over at this side of town, isn't yeah, it, Alex? Right, yeah. Nice <laughs> yeah. to be in the country. Yeah. <laughs> only reason I haven't deleted, yeah. only reason I didn't delete team was having Tyrant Peachy last week. But um, yeah, I'm just going the Death Ride route. I'm afraid like he's just going to keep going in value. I know I've got to get him in, but my thing is he's playing Origin, so we missed that week. Unlucky. Um, but yeah, anyway, he'll uh, he's due. He's due a thirty. Well, I mean, price at 750k. We've kind of seen this before where people shell out the cash and mm. just doesn't work out. So it is a lot of money and there's pr- plenty of good value this week. I mean, if I'm going to be spending, if I've got that kind of cash available, I'm probably spending that and trying to bring in Brian Kelly and Brian Toho this week to really strengthen up my center wing. Um, that's that's kind of the move that I'd do because I think you're going to, um, that's going to be better in the long run. And then hopefully, as you said, Fafita's going to have a down, has to have a down game. Um, albeit that that huge score from last week is going to be in his rolling average. So difficult to bring him in at the moment. Also a challenge to bring in is BMOZ. Just incredible. So four tons out of five games. Just amazing. I actually forgot that the Morris twins were still playing. Um, and just you, you look at the price at the start of the year and you go, no way, can't back it up. And the guy's just a freak. Um, I think we actually discussed this in a... In a um, a chat that we've got with uh, with Banyo Alex um, this week, and 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 we said that you know is this unparalleled? And, and Wilfred, the the knower of all, um, said no. Hayne did this five times in a row back in whichever year it was, and um, outside of that, it's just been a freak show, really. So um, I don't think you can bring him in seven hundred thirty six k. Although the Roosters do have a, a nice run coming after the um, the Storm um, game, um, JT, what are your thoughts? Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys. We're just sitting back waiting for the down week and it's just for whatever reason not happening. But as you said, age is definitely not on his side. So I expect in a Rooster side that likes uh, resting their players, he'll definitely cop one or two of those weeks on the sideline coming up. And that's probably about the only solace any non-owners can take. Just having a look at his selection. So he had 3.2K owners in round one and he's now got 17 and a half. So... Obviously, people out there have seen the value and jumped on, and those kind of guys would be at the top end 
of the ladder along with Alex, I reckon. Um, he's he's got a fair few trade ins as well this week. Cody, Jordan, Ricky, they're they're getting traded out. A few guys there, they're definitely looking at some upgrades. So um, a few people are breaking their team to bring in BMOS, and they're sort of expecting the role to continue. Um, four out of five is unreal, though. Unreal, Alex. What are your thoughts? Is he just too expensive now? Yeah, he's just. I, I don't. Okay, yeah, if, you, if you, it's a choice between him and Fafita, you're definitely going to go Fafita route. That's the thing. Fafita's kind of proven this this year that his bottom is around that 60 mark. Um, he can hit over that easily without really doing much in the game, whereas Bemos can get a game where he'll get 20 points. Uh, as well as that, he is pretty injury prone um, and he is getting up there in age, so I wouldn't be surprised if he does get injured. Uh, it's something to watch out for. Uh, but no, definitely, if you started with him, props to you. Definitely paid off that risk, but I can't see it's worth bringing him in now at this point. Yeah, I, I agree completely with you there. So there's two cheapies on the bubble uh, this week, JT. Um, one of them is your boy. One of them I brought in last week is a bit of an early uh, early crack just to generate some cash. I'm going to hand it over to you. Are these two traps? So the one is Topine, Topanai. I have no idea how to say it. Apologies to him. And Benny Condon. Um, for me, Ben Condon isn't so much of a trap. Obviously, it's Tupany, mate. Tupany. Well, there you go. Uh, did not expect that. Ben Condon, a uh, difficult one to pronounce as well. But no, I think he of the two is probably the lesser of the traps. So Condon's won his spot in the starting side the last couple of weeks. Bit of talk in the post-match presser from uh, Peyton, or was it the midweek one this week? And he's just saying he's got a few little things to fix up with his defense. So I think that's always the key with um, young second rowers. They need to stick tackles to stay in the side. So for now, I reckon he's going to continue churning out those 50-odd minute games. He's just getting used to the you know hustle and grind of the whole NRL caper um but no I've liked what he's done out there he's definitely got a good super coach game we saw it on the weekend with that try um he's gonna make cash so I can't see anything wrong with it long term he's got uh Mitch Dunn looming on the bench there Peter Holler and also Tom Gilbert in the lower grades um but for now a bit of faith shown in him so it's his spot to lose obviously always the risk there but I think um with my cowboy hat on he's gonna stay there for another month or so the pace is pretty pathetic though. Um, I think he would have had 39 pure base at 80 minutes uh, in uh, round four and then 19 in 49 minutes last week. So really heavily reliant on that attacking stats. Young fella as well. Um, Alex, what are your thoughts? Do you think that it's you know break negative break even uh, hovering around negative uh, 30 uh, under 200k edge forward? Is it is it too good to be true? I can't see too much happening from him he'll make you about 100 grand i can't see him really making a whole lot more unless he starts scoring tries he might go over the line this week against the bulldogs um so if you're really stuck for options he's not the worst play in your 17 if you do bring him in but i can't really see him doing a whole lot more than 150k max um in your team if you do need to trade someone out to uh make money uh like if you're trading out a cape well or something like that and you need nothing down to get for feeder in um, Connor's definitely a shout because there is very limited options to what you can do. So it's, um, for me, it's either that or enough. I mean, that's an interesting one that you've you've brought up about the Bulldogs, and the reason why I was potentially leaning towards Lodge is because he's a you, you could play him in your seventeen if you're desperate, whereas um, like a Condon, um, you probably can't. But a game against the Bulldogs, and um, God help anybody that's going to be watching that on Sunday afternoon. I know you will, JT, but. Bloody hell, it's going to be a depressing way to finish the round. Um, you could probably play him, JT. 
Yeah, I'd be thinking about it if I needed to make up some numbers there. Um, we'll get the 50-odd minutes. I don't think you'd get 80 or anything like that, injuries permitting. But, um, yeah, we've seen the dogs aren't the sharpest defensive tool in the shed. Um, but, yeah, you, you did mention the base and all that sort of thing. I think last week's game, there was, what, 64 points scored. It's a lot of time. Stoppages and that kind of thing. And in that game the week before, we Standing were Standing out of the post. Yeah, exactly. We were never in that game last week either, So or the week before. So, <laughs> Um, Conan really hasn't had to do a hell of a lot of work. And as a young second row, sometimes they just take a while to get into the game, find the ball coming to them, that kind of thing. So we, naturally that'll rise. Oh, and I don't want to really dig more salt into the wound, JT. I'm not trying to be a smart ass here at all. It might come out a little bit like that. But hmm. doing the analysis yesterday, what I was really surprised about is the Cowboys have literally got no injuries. Uh, we've um, just lit, lost Michael Morgan. We've got Lolo with a hand issue. We've just lost Ruben Cotter. Uh, who else? Fair few. Josh McGoin, that's gone. Yeah, Michael Morgan's been absentee um, for the last two years. Um, so I, I'm talking about our forwards that you've got there, mate. It's What I'm trying to say is that he it does seem like he's won that role. Um, it's not like there's – doesn't look like there's people that are to come back into the side he looks like he's won that role on form, uh, and it's his to hold. Uh, obviously, Peyton's probably to, trying to check out this roster a little bit, so there's a bit of a risk there that they could rotate. Yeah. It's interesting that they've actually moved. So Cohen Hess now, he's definitely not a risk of taking back a second-row spot because Peyton's just come out and said he's, his role now is in the middle. So he's going to play it prop or off the bench, whatever it is. But he's now another um, potential option there that's no longer. So, again, supports a Condon move. Yeah, okay. Moving along to uh, to Toppenny, um, he's a bit more of a of a risk and, and potentially more of the trap category, I think you'd have to say, a utility on the bench. I mean, I brought him in last week and, and the rationale there was um, that I think he, he's, he can play up till round 10 and then after round 10 he um, is taken off because he's on a development contract. Um, so he would no longer be in the, the top 30. So... Um, the thought there was hopefully he can make 50 to 100K over that time and then he's not going to be an AE nightmare um, and can also then you either use him as, as a bit of enough um, VC loop option or trade him to a to a basement, basement depending on how much cash that, that he makes. So I think that's kind of the way that you need to approach it. Don't think that he's going to be a, a cash-generating machine unless – um, you know, all hell broke loose at the at the Bulldogs, and and um, Barrett just decides just to give him a, a run in the starting side. Um, I guess the scores that he's got um, last week uh, or twenty three is probably likely what you're going to see. Um, Alex, what are your thoughts on on him? Oh, I think he's a quality player, and it translates to Super Coach. Like that twenty three last week was against Melbourne in a thirty thirty five minute game uh, from him. So I think he is a quality player, but again, it's just the time he's going to get. So. It's just seeing whether or not it's worth bringing in. I think Conan is a better shout than him um, purely because of the development contract. Uh, I'm not 100% sure of the details of that. I'm not sure of the restrictions of what he can and can't do. But I think he's a quality player and someone to look at for the future. But this year, probably would look to give him a pass unless something drastic does happen, like you said. Yeah, look, I think the only restrictions are that he can't start, um, but then no restrictions on his minutes. Uh, and then he has to be out of the side by round 10. So I think that's it. So as we saw, I think in his first, his debut game, Lewis got injured very early on and then that resulted in him playing uh, 73 minutes. So it's just the fact that he can't start. Um, um, and, and who knows what's going to happen with the Bulldogs, right? Um, same with Condon. They're going to be rotating players a lot, seeing what they've got. 
uh, chance that he could play some bigger minute games coming up. Who knows? So um, definitely not a player that um, you have to go. But I, I think um, I'm encouraged by the fact that he's out of the side by round 10 and that AE nightmare that could just trend for the whole year isn't going to be there. Um, JT, are the Titans the real deal? You'd like to think so. And it's just so surprising we've gone from a year, well, a few years now where you just wouldn't touch any of their players with the 10-foot pole and they were the easy beats. And now they're a tough opposition and we're trying to squeeze as many of their players in as we can. So some of the guys here, we've got Tino, Fafita, Peachy, Kelly Thompson. So Thompson, um, even Peachy up until um, this year, those guys you'd never be speaking about in Supercoach parlance. But here we are. Um, I would really argue against a side that had all five of them, to be quite fair. But yeah, I don't know. It's something about them. They play a lot of Arvo games. They've got a good attacking structure. I think they're just going to basically shit super coach points all year. Um, Alex, is that how you've read it? Is it sort of a flash in the pan for them? Can they keep this up? No, I definitely think they can keep it up. And just watching them play, you can tell that there's a lot of them are still trying to find their feet and find their role on the team. That's why you find inflations with Tino. Like uh, the one week where he got that around that 90 to 100 score. Um, he was straight up the guts in pretty much every single set and every single tackle. And the next week, he was pushed out to the edge and just wasn't looking involved at all. And you can see he wasn't too happy about that when he went off towards the end of the game. So he wants to be there. He wants to be involved. The same as Brimson. He, I think he's just still trying to find his role in the team. Uh, he's, he's not the main guy in the attack anymore uh, where he was last year. So he's not really a super coach by at all. Um, whereas people like Corey Thompson, uh, Ryan Kelly... Uh, Dave Fafita are definitely up there. So I think they're definitely a uh, super coach worthy team. But footy wise, they're still trying to find their feet, um, as you saw against Canberra. But no, they're definitely a top eight team. They're definitely, were, I, I wouldn't be surprised if people end up with four or five um, Titans players in their team. Yeah, not, too dis- not too dissimilar to the Panthers, right? And the Roosters. Like, it, there's plenty of love to, to be shared around there. Um, I don't think there's any downside with with only multiple players, particularly the, the style of footy they're playing at the moment. What were you about to say, JT? No, I'm just having a look at their run to come. They've got Manly this week, Souths, Broncos, Tigers, Penrith, and then Bulldogs. So a bit of a mixed um, up and down. So they were pretty poor against the Raiders, who were quite white hot that night. But I think some of their big tests over the coming weeks are, I guess, those Rabbitohs, Penrith games. So in between those, they've got the easy beats of the competition. So you'd like to think if you're bringing in a pretty hot attacking player like a Kelly or even a, a Peachy this week that they can go large um, more often than not over the next month and a half. So I don't know, I really like that draw for them. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think another thing that, that kind of, um, you know, carries a lot and speaks um, quite highly is to, to, to why they're playing so well at the moment at training today underperformed. So Holbrook made them do plenty of extras and that was all over the news. So despite how well they've been playing, um, they're getting punished on the track for any kind of poor uh, attitude, um, which is, you know, could determine exactly how far they're going to be going. I think he knows exactly what he's doing, that guy. Um, all right, let's wrap the pot up um, and, and finish off with who we're trading and thinking about captaining this week. And, and Alex, I'm going to um, hand over to you, mate, to, to give us a bit of a lowdown of, of what your plans are for this week. Yeah, I'm definitely looking, um, again, despite me saying the whole week that I need to start saving trades, I definitely need to look into bringing in a gun 5.8. Uh, so I am looking towards a Luai Walker or Munster. Not 100% sure which one I'm bringing in, but I'm definitely going to be bringing in one of them. Uh, in regards to trading out, I can't see Connor Watson being in my team for much longer. 
Uh, I think he's maxed out. Never really saw him as a season-long keeper either. Uh, yeah, he will bring 50s every week, but compared to what you know, Luai Walker or Munster can do or Reed Marnie, uh, he just doesn't compare. He's made his money. He's up towards the 500k mark, and now his BE is around 66. So I think he's he's tapped out. Um, and, and Knights aren't really going to produce him much more attacking stats with Ponga uh, slotting in there. Where, where do you have Watson? You have At the moment, around? he's in five eight for me. He's my starting five eight. Okay, all right. And and can you loop him into hooker at all, or are you stuck with him there? No, so I've got uh, Reed Marnie and Little up there. Okay, all right. Yeah, so uh, then I'll be flicking Ricky for like a Condon or a Burbo. Again, I haven't really decided who I'm going to be bringing in, but those are the two avenues I'm going to go down this week. And uh, in regards to captaining, there are a couple of different options. This is one of the weeks where it's kind of open-ended. There isn't a really easy choice like a Pappy that like there has been, who's been the clear standout. So I think for me, it's between Pappy and Fafida. Um, the only really tough choice for me this week is which Panther I'm going to VC. <laughs> Take a pick, throw a dart. Yeah. That would be between uh, To'o, Clearing. If I bring in Luai, then Luai is definitely in that mix. So uh, I think, that's again, that's a decision I'm going to be making about 10 minutes before the game. And I'll be at Suncorp Stadium uh, this Thursday watching the game. So I'll be there cheering all the Panthers on. Nice. Mate, you might have to sign a few autographs after being on this podcast. Yeah, I think uh, Wilf said he's going to be there as well. It's going to be a star-studded audience. Oh, yeah, good. Uh, watch out for the binoculars, mate. He'll leave at halftime, don't worry. <laughs> uh, JT? Yeah, I don't think we have much to add after Alex. He's the guru here, mate. But I'm um, trading out uh, Ricky and you, getting rid of the Broncos plague from my side and bringing in Condon, bringing in a cowboy. And Brian no, Kelly. Handsome, mate. What's that? Uh, well, he's next week. Maybe Jazzy O'Neill. But then, yeah, I, I think similarly with Alex, uh, Watson is on my chopping block. He's up at hooker at the moment. So a couple of weeks' time, I might flip him to Simpkin. So that's in the future plans. But I've gone currently the straight C on Cleary. I, I don't often do the, the whole Thursday night uh, straight captaincy. And I just don't like seeing Saab on the bench. I don't like seeing Simo. So I think... If I'm going to go with... He's due, mate. He's due. Yeah, righto. Uh, well, Saab was due last week and he got 40 with a try, so there you go. Um, but yeah, no, I got the, the flashing orange light on Nathan Cleary. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a risk. And I, was about, I was about to ask you that, Alex, in terms of the, the VC loop. You're, you're comfortable with that? Who are you you're looking at for your AE issues? Um, at the moment, with my reserves, the only two that I have on the pine that are actually playing is Sam Walker and uh, Simmonson. So again, they might... Bang out of 20, but you know, if Cleary gets 150 plus, then it's an easy loop. Uh, and I can take uh, the reserve off Stefano, um, the Tigers prop. So I'm not too stressed about that. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a bit concerned with the players that JT mentioned, but also like a Jimmy Roberts and stuff like that. Just um, who knows what's, what's going to happen there. So for me this week, I'm still a little bit undecided. Um, I know that I'm going to be bringing in Brian Toll. Um, the three players that I'm considering trading out at, um, um, in my second row to create cash is TPJ, Barnett, Capewell. I'm leaning towards Barnett for the reasons that I've said, given the difficult draw coming up. Um, the, the Panthers have a relatively soft draw, and then I really like TPJ on the edge. And I think he owns a bit of – there's a little bit of upside there, and it's a bit of a pod factor. So I'm tempted just to hold him. Uh, and just ride it throughout the rest of the season because he's got 90s and 100s in him. Um, whereas Barnett, um, I, I can just see that the next month's going to be a little bit more of a challenge. Um, and then I'm looking to either downgrade to a lodge or condon, just depending on um, how much cash I need for the next week 
trading in Brian Kelly. Uh, and then I'll be looking again to trade out a, a Tessie New or a, or a James Roberts to Toll. Again, just depends on how much cash that I need based on that first trade that I've, I've made. Interesting thing for Tessie I've just noted as well is that for Souths, he's actually lining up for fullback. Can, can someone just explain that to me? Like if they're trying to develop him as an NRL centre, he's going back to second grade and then playing fullback. What's going on? More touches the ball. I don't know. A bit more confidence where he might be used to. Um, not defending in the line. That's, I guess, the biggest problem for him. But, yeah, I agree. If you're trying to turn into a centre, you've got to go back and get your confidence back up with, yeah, I don't know. It's Broncos, mate. Who knows what Kevy's doing? He was talking about cake at a press conference. He's got no idea. He's got uh, he's got no idea, mate. Alex, do you think that's a bit weird? Uh, if it makes sense to the Broncos, it doesn't make sense to anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, the, the, the story here. Uh, I'm 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 all right with him going back there. I was just looking at the Broncos draw actually, um, and I'm kind of happy Tessie New has been dropped because they've got Penrith this week, Para, then the Gold Coast. So I'm hoping he's kind of worked his way back in the squad by round nine when they've got a bit of an easier couple of games. Yeah, I don't know. Just Broncos in general this season are a bit all over the shop. So mm-hmm. who knows what's going to happen? He could be starting to pull back for them next week even. Oh, yeah, very it's happened last year. So what are your thoughts on like a TPJ? Would you be holding on to him or be looking to offload, offload uh, him? With his two really low scores the last two weeks and there's no consistency in his role, like he could be starting lock, he could be off the bench, he could be second row, front row. I don't really see the value in holding him, especially with the Broncos' tough couple of games because uh, one thing that really did help his scores at the start of the season were the attacking stats because he did manage to get the try and all the offloads, but I can't see that happening anytime soon uh, until they start to have easy games around round nine. So if it was a choice between him and Barnett and Capewell, I would be looking to get rid of TPJ uh, myself. Uh, but, I mean, each to their own. No, oh, look, you just completely ruined my plans. Good. <laughs> Better listen to him, mate. He's number two. Uh, I know. Better listen to him. Well, I think I'm just going to stick with my gut. Too many times I'll listen to JT and it's just backfired. So, but... Um, Anyway, and then the captaincy, I'm going to be doing exactly what you guys are going to do. I'll, I'll either VC or captain straight up, Cleary, and then uh, captain probably um, Fafita. I'd say that's probably the, the move to, to make. Um, but, yeah, that's it. JT, we've done it. Mm, we did. We cleared the hour, unless you want to give us a little maths recap. Well, no, I haven't started watching it yet. I'm, right. I'm trying to get away from yeah, there now. Um, yeah, just got to say a big thanks to, to Alex. Jumped on last night. We tried to get this thing going and it took forever and now he's back on. Bought himself a mic. Like, the guy has not played Supercoach for two years. I'm afraid it's it's Rolfie's burner account. Um, he's just found an eloquent Fortitude Valley living uh, Broncos hater and he's come out and spoken beyond his Supercoach years. It's unreal. Yeah, yeah no, he's thanks for having me <laughs> no, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's the first podcast I've ever done, ever been involved with. So there you go. Hopefully, uh, many more to come. What a professional <laughs> one to start! <laughs> what a shit show it has been over the past forty-eight hours. Yeah, it wasn't enough dick jokes, if you ask me. But it's all right, we move. <laughs> I love it. We started with a dick joke. We're finishing with a dick joke. That's it. Well done. Thanks, yeah. guys. <laughs> Yeah, thanks again, Alex. Really appreciate it. And thanks, guys, for uh, downloading, streaming. Uh, good stuff and, and best of luck for this week. Thanks, mate. Thanks, man.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.